The Profit Constructors presents Construction Junction, the junction between accounting and construction. Please welcome our host, Tanya Schulte. Welcome back for another edition of the Construction Junction podcast. I am your host, Tanya Schulte. We're so glad you're joining us here again. Today, we're going to talk about something that I'm just going to be open and honest and transparent. It's a um, subject that I've been trying to solve for in this industry, in the construction industry. I've been trying to solve an issue for our clients since the inception of our firm, which was just a little over six years ago. Um, and I had not found any really great solutions that I loved or really wanted to push uh, right up until we found the solution that we're going to talk about today. And that's because there are just so many either uh, older antiquated ways to handle this process, or there are some really amazing automated fancy ways to handle this process that are just outside the financial reach of most of our clients. And so I kept trying to find anything that would sort of thread that needle and walk that fine line between just being way inefficient or way too expensive. And fortunately, uh, we met this particular founder that we're going to talk to in just a few minutes ago, in just a few minutes, we met him about um, four years ago, maybe three and a half, four years ago at an accounting conference. And at the time, I still didn't believe that their solution offered everything that we needed. And so we didn't jump on it back then, but we did keep that conversation open. And I'm grateful that this founder, uh, who is Omri from Routable, and we'll talk to him in just a minute, but I'm grateful that Omri kept that conversation going with us for so many years. He didn't say, well, you know, you're not really using our product, so we're gonna move on. And in the meantime, he did go on to build some really amazing features that are working for a lot of uh, much larger companies than a lot of our client companies, but he's also made the solutions that he and his team have built available and able to be used by clients of our firm at a very decent price point. And so that, again, it's like we're threading that needle and saying, okay, here's some amazing automation and efficiency builders that are able to be used in some smaller subcontracting and smaller contracting areas. So um, I'm really excited to share with you some better ways to automate your accounts payable process um, to make the communication between the office and operations teams better with those teams that are out in the field and ways to just more quickly get your vendors paid, make them happy and um, make everyone's life just a little bit easier. So we're gonna chat with Omri and then we're also gonna bring in another um, friend of mine who hasn't used Routable yet. It's a little bit unusual for us because usually we have what we call a user, someone who's um, a user of the service or a user of the app, someone who's, um, you know, needs CPA services when we've talked about CPAs in the past or needs legal services when we've talked about that. Um, in this case, this is someone who wants to use, just like us, it's a, a CPA who is in that spot of saying, what solution can I find that uh, is in that middle space that is affordable, but at the same time offers the level of automation that our clients really need. And so we're going to chat with that end user here in just a little bit as well and find out, you know, what does he need to know before jumping uh, in with both feet. And so hopefully you'll learn something 
from both Omri and our end user, Jim, about what it is that you could find useful in our solution today that we're talking about, which is called Routable. So we'll talk about Routable more in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. Are you a construction accountant or industry advisor who is enjoying the Construction Junction podcast but wish you could dive deeper into the topics with industry peers and even learn more about how to serve your clients well? Then you will enjoy the Construction Junction Roundtable. Art host Tanya Schulte leads the Construction Junction Roundtable, where we bring together construction company advisors to learn how to grow their business. We'll help each other find effective marketing strategies and bring high-quality accounting services and other high-level advisory services to the construction space. Head over to roundtablelab.com to sign up. Awesome. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for this segment of the Construction Junction podcast. Um, I am here, your host, Tanya Schulte, and I'm sitting talking today with Omri Moore of Routable. So welcome, Omri. Thanks for having me again. Um, so tell us like the backstory of Routable. To me, this is one of the most fascinating parts about doing this podcast where we kind of get to hear everyone's little backstory. So like, how did we get here? Why was Routable created? All of those fun elements. Sure. So first thing I'll start out and say that uh, I'm not an accountant, nor did I grow up with twinkles in my eyes thinking about AP when I grew up. You know, there is never a version of five-year-old Omri thinking about building software for AP. Um, but it was built because I did experience the pain and so did my co-founder. So many moons ago, um, my co-founder and I were eating hummus in Tel Aviv, which is kind of the equivalent to grabbing the coffee. It's just much more dense and you have to take a nap right afterwards. And we, we had no intention of starting a company, but we had just talked about our previous experiences. We were both on sabbatical. Both of our startups were recently acquired. And what we were trying to figure out is, you know, what to do next with our life. Um, we realized that at two different companies, we both had worked at marketplaces. I worked in an e-commerce marketplace. He worked at a food delivery marketplace. And in two separate companies, we had to build internal tools and a lot of them that took about 40% of our engineering resources to help automate AP uh, for our finance team, for the operations teams, for the engineering team. And after we compared notes, we were kind of thinking, this is ridiculous. Why couldn't we buy something off the shelf? And what do other people do? Um, so that sparked an idea, but we didn't really want to start the company until we ran uh, enough interviews. Uh, so Tanya, I met you several years after that, but still with the same sentiment of how can we help automate and reduce the burden of processing AP. For us, what we had realized was that there was a um, disjointed conversation between finance operations and potentially engineering or a tech team to automate. And we saw that through interviewing uh, about 100 different uh, companies in the first three months. And then we interviewed another 200 companies in the second six months of our kind of research phase. And through talking to 300 companies in total, we understood that there were two paths to grow beyond 500 business payments a month or 500 bills, right? One was to do data entry and to hire more people to do data entry. And two was to either outsource engineering or bring engineering in-house to help scale. And when I'm talking about beyond 500 bill payments per month, what do I actually mean? 5,000, 50,000, 500,000, 
the numbers do go that high. It really depends on the scale of the company and the velocity of its growth. But when we were talking to folks, we really tried to unpack what does the relay process of a bill look like? What are the different tools? And we really came down to there's about 10 to 15 steps per bill payment, all the way from potentially purchase order to reconciliation. Then we talked about who needs access to this information. Like one of the funnest things that we realized is that people who have access to bank accounts are not the same people that may have access to uh, accounting software and ERPs who may not have the same information of the payment data for a vendor who may not be the same information of why do we need to pay this. So we just saw these gaps of communications and data storage, plus a process which meant more manual work for people. And after running enough interviews, we decided, you know what, this is what we want to dedicate our lives to. And I really mean that, right? I, I wake up every morning uh, for the past four and a half years. And the number one thing I think about is, are we better at solving high volume AP? Which industries do we solve it for? And did we get better at doing this for our clients in the past three months, right? So I'm in a never ending loop now of trying to understand, did we build the best AP platform out there? If not, which segments need more help? And I think that's a kind of interesting thing too. It's maybe specific industries, maybe it's specific personas, right? Um, as you go up market, maybe a CISO wants to review whether a vendor has their EIN checked. Right. So there's all these things that we have to continuously think about, but that's how it started. And that's how it's ended up being the top thing I think about every day. I love that. I, I wanted to break down something that you kind of touched on a little bit towards the end, a little bit more in the middle there, just to break it down. So it's super understandable if we're thinking about this, because of course this um, podcast is geared completely around construction accounting. So if we're thinking about yep. uh, that breakdown of information that you talked about as it might happen in a construction office and a construction firm, um, there's someone who's gonna create the purchase order. Yep. That person maybe has created a bid, an estimate and decided that these are the materials that need to be ordered. And then that might be the last time they ever touch that, that piece of the puzzle. And then there could be the um, project manager out in the field who then takes those materials and transforms them into something on a construction job site. And now is saying, yes, uh, this was the purchase order. These are the things that were delivered to me. This is the price that was agreed upon. This is a good uh, invoice to pay. And then again, that might be the last time that that person ever touches that individual uh, bill. And now it's going to go on through maybe some some further steps uh, of approval and finally going to get to the point of a person saying, okay, there's money in the account to pay this bill. Um, so when you think about that, like you were saying, and I think it's really important to note, like when we think of accounts payable, AP, it seems simple. <laughs> we ordered something, we get a bill, we pay it. But there's so many steps that go between the order and the payment that have to happen and they have to happen in the right order or everything breaks down. We don't know if we have the right cash in the bank. We don't know if this uh, was the right dollar amount. There's all those other different little pieces that have to be touched every piece along the way. And there's different systems and you want to have a paper trail. I think one of the interesting things on what you're saying though is like everything that you described assumes a successful happy path. But in reality, let's say I even just like put the wrong PO number and I need to edit that. 
you want to have a log of that change. Um, maybe, um, you know, during the bill process, I realized that the vendor also sent me associated with that bill, a new address for a check. Okay, I have to go update that. Do I have permissions and access control to see where money is sent? If not, I'm kind of, you know, stuck as that person. How do I communicate that to the next person who I relay this information for? And then for the person that is managing finance on behalf of the whole chain, the next question is, how can I get a visible paper trail of, you know, Jennifer created a purchase order, Jim coded out a bill, Tanya approved the bill, Niharika paid the bill, Omri made sure that it was reconciled to the right accounts. Right. Like those are still like what I said, five happy events and there's nothing going wrong there, right? And as you know, AP is just dancing with a bunch of vendors over email, right? right? And trying to make sure that everyone's happy and that communication is transparent. And I think that's one of the really important things too. How do you create transparency between two parties so that no questions are asked? Yeah. That's a really hard question to figure out. Um, but that's something that we think about daily to really try to empathize with that person, as you described, that might have to create the purchase order and be done at that point. Mm -hmm. But at least for them to be assured that the rest of the steps happened and that it went smoothly and that nothing falls back to them with blame, right? That's equally, equally as good, right? It just might be they did their job, but they want to know that their job didn't lead to any like, you know, missteps afterwards right um something that you just said brought something else to mind too in that terms of transparency and open communication with also a, you know a full view for everyone of what that communication has been between the person who's in control of finance for the company and the vendor so the vendor who's in the bill has a very big stake in this whole process happening the right way as well um yep. so we want to have open communication between those two parties as well yeah, and I think the, the biggest thing here too is how do you give the vendor as much information as possible without making them sign up for a tool that they don't care about yeah. and make sure that they have like um, the ability to sift through prior invoices too and purchase orders, right? Um, so the way I like to think about it is you're delivering a present. And that present might have another box with another present in it, right? But it is up to the recipient of the bill and the bill payment to figure out how to keep going and unpack more information. But uh, the more you can make a vendor happy and focus on making their information clear and transparent, the less communications you'll have. That's It's a good thing, right? Tanya, I think you know this, like, if you're talking to someone, sometimes it might be because things are not going well. If you're not talking to someone in business, that means that things are humming, right? right. Um, so, you know, you want to send them like a holiday card. You don't want to communicate with them 15 times a month about a purchase order. Right. Yes, 100%. I think too, um, you know, back to that whole um, thing about automations and everything is happy, kind of tell us how does Routable handle all of those little adjustments that might need to be made along the way like what what happens if the bill isn't by the time it gets to payment exactly the same as it looked by the when it was originally put into the system 
Yeah, so I think for us, um, there are things that we do today and there are things that we want to do, right? So today it's, you know, assigning approval rules. It's making sure to notify vendors that payments are on the way. It's making sure to help someone uh, be notified if a payment method was added for a vendor that is new or W9 information is collected. There's a lot of small things, but I think the next step for us and just the next step for AP at all is rules based on thresholds if that makes sense. Yeah. For example, like you can say, hey, um, if a bill is modified at all, then run back to approval. Or if more than one line item on a bill is modified, then go back to approval. Or if a bill is changed by plus 10% of the total amount, don't run it through approval. Keep it as is, right? right. So I think the the, the first thing is that is important is like we're running the basics and stress testing them essentially. We want to make sure that like each feature is performing to you know as to your expectations and that you can do more of them. A lot of automation too isn't just like writing speedier rules to get humans to do less stuff. It's also making it easier to create a lot of the same thing. So for example, automation can be helping reduce the amount of clicks that someone does to approve a bill payment and automation can be helping one user create 5,000 bill payments with one click, right? Yeah. So there's many definitions to it, but for us, what we want to do and how we've built our teams is we look at the funnel of signing up for Routable, setting up the system according to the needs of your business, setting up vendors, and then relaying back information to your ERP and other systems. And then we look at the cycles of it. I think what's really interesting is the user journey on Routable is never ending. You'll always have a new vendor. You'll always edit an existing vendor. You'll always update a bill and so forth. So we kind of try to think about what are cycles yeah. that are the most frequent for people? And then one of what are cycles that are less frequent? And for the most frequent cycles, we talk about how can we bring automation to make you think less about it? Yeah. Um, like for example, um, this is not a common thing, but this is something that I want to work on. Let's say that you get an email from your vendor once a month saying, hey, Tanya, what's the status of my bills? Even though each bill, you notify them, hey, this has been paid. They're just asking for a digest, right? Then the question is, how can we just help you create an end of month statement to mm -hmm. send to the vendor before they email you, right? Okay. So the way I'm thinking about it is, again, if you have to search for information, if you have to do additional work, if you have to munch data, then we're not doing our job. And really that comes down to listening to our customers, talking about their processes and figuring out which cycles are automated and which cycles have friction in them yeah. and need automation to reduce the amount of burden to complete them. I'm glad you said that because the whole time that you were talking, it kept running through my brain, the whole idea of like Jeff Bezos building all of Amazon around the idea of reducing friction. And I think that is something that like the idea of what we want our technology tools to do for us is reduce friction. We yep. want it to be simple when we get in to do something so that we can just log in, get those things done and move on to the next thing, more important things. And a really, really, really simple thing there is 
two things. One, as a vendor, I want to know when the money's going to arrive. Just like when you know Amazon is delivering something, I want to know if there's a delay. I want to know if it's a weekend, if it's going to take an extra day and so forth. Right. Um, the other version of it is, I don't know if you shop on Whole Foods through the Amazon app, yep. but they ask, hey, if we don't have that uh, avocado, what would you like us to substitute it with? But that is what I call, um, you know, anomaly detection and letting a user feel confident with the outcome, even if there's variability. And right. I think that Amazon does a really good job at trying to think about how a mistake could happen before it happens. Yes. And those are small things that they do. And fun fact, once you select that alternative for the avocado, they'll remember that for the next time. Right. So it doesn't seem like an automation the first time you do it, but once the data is saved, there's a lot more to it. Um, so no, I, I love that. Completely agree. What um, again, thinking going back to the listeners of this podcast being in that construction space, and and again, most of those processes tend to stay the same. You've got the guys working out in the field, the people back in the office who are processing all the bill payments. How can those um, two sort of separate, um, you know, the field and office personnel communicate well together? So if if there was a construction person who's sitting listening to this podcast today and you wanted to say to them, here's the number one reason that your construction firm can benefit from using Routable, what do you think that like number one thing would be for them? Sure. I, I'd say like internally uh, for your for your team, I'd say is a paper trail created by automation. And then for your vendors, it is transparency and timely notifications to prevent um, friction, yeah. right? Because to be frank, and I think Tony, you know this, your finance team is busy. Your ops team is busy. Your field team is busy. And if you get 15 or 100 more emails from vendors about anything, that slows them down. Yeah. So I always think about what is someone's job and what is holding them back from doing their job. And my intention is to help people do their job better so that they can check out and go watch, you know, the final season of Ozark or something, right? Yes, right. I think that's the thing too. Not only does it um, make them less efficient because every time they have to stop and answer that um, maybe email from the vendor, you know, every time you stop and change to a different task, that's going to, you know, take, what does some people ask me, up, up to an hour it takes of time cost, yeah. that task, right? So that's crazy. It's less efficiency to have to deal with all those emails, but it's also just annoying <laughs> at the end of the day. Like, why is this vendor emailing me every two days or every day or, you know, wouldn't it be nice if the vendor just had this already in his email and already knew what was happening and just takes yep. that annoyance off of people's shoulders. Sometimes can feel like a burden. Yeah. And for what it's worth, like today we let you know when money's being sent and when it's going to arrive and all that fun stuff. And we're trying to make it as clear as possible. But one of the things that we've been thinking about too, is also letting you know when your bill has been received and not everybody wants to do that, but we can calculate average time to process per vendor, right? Yeah. So like, hey, Tanya, thanks for sending your bill. Your bill has been received. It's now in our inbox and it typically takes us four days to code and pay. You should receive a notification that money should be in your bank account, typically within X many days. If yeah. there is an anomaly, we'll let you know, right. right? Like you don't have to do that. However, is it beneficial, right? So. From a product perspective, 
it really just comes down to trying to empathize with the user yeah. and thinking on their behalf of what could go wrong and what is the unnecessary thing that might happen to their day, right? And for what it's worth too, like um, in the past, like six months, we introduced approve via email, which is simple. And the ability to approve up to a thousand bills within one click and the ability to approve with about a thousand payments with one click. And, and to be frank, Tanya, like let's say you're working and you're reviewing things and things look accurate, but you have 600 more items to get through and you trust your team, it might be nice to be like, all right, I do have to go pick up my kid, right? I'm going to go move this to the next step. And you can trust them that if there is a requirement for another level of approval, that the next person has it too. Um, but we're thinking a lot about that and helping people understand if there's any variances in bills, should you look at this one specific thing? Is this vendor's information changing too frequently, right? So that way you're more of, you're automated with your work um, and you're, you know, more focused on getting back to what you need to do. Yeah, I love all of those ideas. One of the things I always love, Amir, when you and I sit and talk is um, you as that creative mind always going up, but we could also do this. <laughs> I love how you're constantly, like you said, you're waking up every morning thinking, what have we already done? Have we made things better? And what's the next step to take to make it even better? Yeah, and I think that at the stage of our company is there's a lot of things that we do well, but we don't do everything yet. And, you know, talking about a company like Amazon, they have products and features that they have had for a decade, which they're now in optimization mode. And then they have products and features that they've had for six months and they're in complete chaos and iteration mode, right? Yeah. Uh, if you remember, they like they tried to launch a phone a couple of years ago yes. that crashed and burned. But what I'm trying to hit on is that um, there's two life cycles to everything that you release. There is, did we get it right? And then there is, let's optimize the crap out of it. Yeah. And that is the state of our teams. We have some teams that are optimization heavy because they're trying to uh, um, reduce friction per process. And yeah. we have some teams that are, I would say, discovery and innovation heavy. And they're trying to figure out, okay, if I had to cut this process by three steps, how could we do it? Yeah. Those are fun things that never go away, but that's why we got to think about them. Yeah. And all the new things of like, okay, if these four clients are, have all come back to us and asked for X to happen every time they pay a bill, maybe that is something we should be thinking about. Yeah. One of my favorite things is just talking to customers because we have a fantastic system for recording requests. I think that we can record it over email, we can record it over you know, an instant message, we can record it over a call, but you say something interesting, we have access to it. And then we have a way to tag it in such a way that a product manager can say, hey, I'm seeing a trend. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna attack this trend. I wanna pull solving this problem ahead of what I had planned. That's one of my favorite conversations when people come back to you with, empathetic data, right? It's data enriched by realities of people. Um, because sometimes you're gonna be like, oh, you know, our conversion rate here could be better for sure. Love yeah. that. But, but it doesn't tell me enough of the story. Right. Um, 
if if we can understand the process for someone to complete an action and what they were thinking about when they started their day, what they were thinking about when they got stuck or maybe are not going through it as quickly as possible, that's the extra bit of information. And Tanya, you see this, like we always want to talk to customers about features that we ship because you can't make assumptions with finance people. Let me just say that. So. <laughs> Right now. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that finance people are very meticulous and they know exactly what they want and there's no way to get around it. And that's a good thing. I would way rather be working with folks that are adamant about how things should work for their business than folks that could care either way. Right. I love that. That's great. So besides, you know, you already kind of gave, gave us um, the number one kind of benefit. Before we kind of wrap up this segment, Tell us what you think are like several other benefits of Routable. I'm thinking in terms of like, if someone already has maybe a bill payment solution that they're thinking about switching, like what's yep. sort of different, what sets you guys apart? What's your point of deviation from other, other sure, sure. out there? First of all, I think it's about scale. So um, we see this as a common practice that typically um, companies switch AP providers because they switch ERPs. So maybe they switch from one accounting software to the other, or they switch it because the amount of work per person is inundating. Um, so let, let's say maybe you have 200 bills per month and now you're at 600 bills per month and you're trying to figure out what to do. Um, so our ability to scale with companies is really impressive. Um, we have seen one company go from 2000 bill payments a year to 900,000, wow. right? In the span of 24 months. Um, so we got that unlocked. I think that's very important. Second of all, I think it's permissions and access controls for different types of users. One of the biggest things that we talked about early on is how people are siloed in processes. Mm -hmm. And if you can give them all the same level of information and make them all happy with how they're being communicated with, it can reduce a lot of internal friction and internal questions that are unnecessary. Um, last, uh, I'll just hit on this. I think we have a constant attention to um, the fastest payments possible, the most flexible way to pay that sync to your accounting software as quickly as possible. Yeah. What I mean by that is each vendor you interact with might have their own nuance. Some might need a weekend payment. Some might need a specific check that only FedEx sends, right? Maybe they need it in a specific envelope and so forth. We have that level of flexibility and we make sure that that data is updated to accounting softwares in real time. So not only are you delivering the payment the right way, but we're making sure that it's recorded the right way. And I'm always happy about that. Yeah, I love that. And I will say too, just you know, working with you guys, and like I said, you and I met four and a half, four years ago. Um, your, you, your team has always been 100% attentive to what I and other accounting colleagues of mine have to say and okay, what, what are the best ways that we can make changes. So thank you for always being listening, so. You got it, I, I love feedback. If I get a lot of feedback every day, that means I'm doing my job. Yeah, love it. So to that point, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and kind of bring on someone who has some questions and wants to know more about Routable and we'll dive down that rabbit hole, so. We'll be right back. Thanks, Omri. 
If you would like to share your company or product on the Construction Junction, email hello at theprofitconstructors.com to become a sponsor. Welcome back for our third segment. Um, Jim McCarty from Fresh Luck Financial is joining us. Um, Jim and I collaborate all over the place on uh, construction accounting and best practices, um, have a client in common, just in different uh, places where we work together. Um, Jim, tell us a little bit about you and sort of your journey. You're a CPA, correct? Correct. And I started off in the traditional CPA sense, but um, probably in the last five years, started focusing more in the construction field and more specifically subcontracting space, which is really where I seem to really enjoy working in and consulting and doing business operations there, as well as some tax work, traditional tax work. Why that, like, why subcontractors? Why that niche? What draws you there? I feel like they're the underdog. I like to fight for the underdog and they, you know, sometimes it's a, um, a lot of times it's a good relationship, but sometimes it's an adversarial relationship of trying to get paid and finding ways to get paid quicker and, and not to have your cash flow stretched. And, and that's where they need help and they need systems and they need processes and um, in figuring out how to show, you know, get that money flowing. Yeah. So you don't currently have any clients that use Routable, correct? Correct. So the idea of Routable, like what's making you interested in finding out more about Routable? First of all, like what struggles have you had in the AP area in the past? Oh, tons of, I mean, I think Omni brought this up before. Think about in the construction space, people, I mean, it's funny, even now, they you don't get even get emails, you get phone calls. The phone's ringing and, hey, um, I'm just checking out, when's our next check coming? What's the expected amount going to be? Um, you know, and you're in the middle of, you know, crunching something else out and you're like, I don't really have time to take these vendor calls right now. You know, I wish I could just feed them the information automatically. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. It's, you know, there's, and there's other things as well. I mean, you know, there's always something going on. I mean, whether you're cutting paper checks and, you know, someone's going to approve them and it's going through that process and it, it just, it's a big time constraint on the operations team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The whole approvals process. I think that's something that Omri and I've had long conversations about, you know, um, especially in the construction industry, this comes to mind for me a lot, partly because, in some other industries, everyone's maybe sitting in the same building, but a lot of times the guys that we're asking to approve these bills are not in the building. They're out on a job site. Things are flying around. There's, you know, dust everywhere. <laughs> like trying to figure out like four different questions that they've just been asked. And the finance person is breathing down their neck. Like, can you please approve the bill? Can you please approve the bill? Can you please approve the bill? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. A lot going on for those guys that we're asking to do that. So back to something that Omri and I were talking about earlier, like reducing friction for them to me is like paramount. It's, it's a huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Um, One thing I'd like to note, Tony, real quick, is what, what Jim is describing, though, is the future of remote work, to be transparent. Jim is talking about multiple parties working in their own ecosystems, trying to make sure that things are humming, right? Focusing on their job. And... I think that um, through the next couple of years, we'll see more and more remote teams, right? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, as remote becomes more comfortable for people and folks can, I don't know, spend more time with their families at home, it might be that getting that clarity on information and saying, always look here, don't look anywhere else. This is where your information will always be, right? Either to, to a vendor or to, to anyone that you work with. And giving them that one point of clarity is really, really critical. So it might, it might be that construction today feels it the most, but I do think that other industries will have to adjust very quickly because we're talking about multiple departments, multiple levels of finance information or finance uh, education, and we're talking about multiple locations. And that's going to become more and more prevalent over time. Mm -hmm. I totally agree, Amr. You just made me think like, as we have moved more and more of our clients into an online world, um, we've even used physical things to describe what we're doing in the digital world. So, you know, I will say to them things like, think of this new piece of software as your, what used to be your vendor filing cabinet, where you would go and open yep. a door and dig through the files and go, oh, okay, this is the payment that got made for that particular bill, right? Now we've moved all of that away from any of those physical papers and having to have a large uh, whole set of filing cabinets behind us in the office to being able to quickly. And the thing that I always say when I'm describing that type of a situation or a scenario is back when that was happening and I was the finance person with all those filing cabinets behind me, people were walking in and out of my office all day long, distracting me, trying to find things in these paper files or if they weren't in the paper files behind me, it was because someone still had to sign off on it and it was sitting on someone else's desk in a different part of the building. So now yeah. everyone has access to that digital document in real time without having to wander around the building going, did you, do you have that file? Do you have that file? Right. I love that about our digital world. Tanya, you know, you're making me think we should build the fun mode to Routable. If you turn it on, you have people interrupting you all the time, just coming in on the screen. And then Every time you click, it's just a filing cabinet sound opening and closing. I will do that. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I totally love that. I'm dating myself when I describe how my former office experiences work. I know that. Um, you know what, though, Tanya? I think there's still a ton of construction companies that are buried in paper. Buried in paper. Yeah, and the sad part yeah. is, like I said, it's so inefficient. Exactly. In fact, my, my first job ever... I worked in an accounting firm when I was 16 and I was the shred the paper guy. Like where they gave me, they gave me a closet <laughs> and a giant paper shredder. Yes. And I think that every day there was maybe seven hours of shredding paper and listening to music. So, you know, up, like what we would do is code it to a computer, shred it, and then um, figure out why the shredder was jammed. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, full circle now. But yeah, that was my first job. It was terrible. I hate paper. And 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 like, let's save some trees, right? So while we're uh, at it. Absolutely. And I just think, again, back to something that you've said over and over, Omri, it makes everything so much more transparent than it ever was when we were following paper files around everyone's offices. Okay, Jim, what is there about Routable and anything that you've heard so far? And I know you've had some other conversations with Omri as well, but is there anything that's making you hesitant about onboarding with Routable? I think the only thing that hesitates, and I'm like this no matter what in the construction industry, is making sure, okay, I'm going to implement this for a client. Is the client fully bought in? Or are, are, the, are the 
people in the back office fully bought in because if they're not, you could have the best piece of software in the world. And if you don't have everybody rowing the boat in the same direction, it, it can be difficult. Um, when you guys implement for people, like how do you help um, people who are onboarding, like how you help get their team on board and, and bought in? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because we have what I would call two processes and one is rushed. Uh, and the first process is just like account creation and verification. We have to put everyone through a due diligence of know your business, know your customer process. We're just making sure that the business is good. That one, we get to work with the original buyer and they're focused. They're like, all right, I want a new system. I want you know clarity. I'm going to connect my bank account to Radable and so forth. So we're having this like siloed conversation with the people that wanted to implement Radable. The fun one gets into once that is good to go, the bank accounts are added, QuickBooks Online is connected, we're ready to move. Then what I would call is optimization and training. Because now we are moving to, hey, we got to move. Our, our next payment cycle is here. And we got to walk backwards from that date and ensure that everything is comfortable and people are trained and people know where to look and it's intuitive enough and so forth. That's where I like just to think about it as working backwards, right? Hey, Tanya, we're so happy that your account is good to move money to Routable and that it's talking to QuickBooks in real time the right way. Step one, fantastic. Let's invite your team members. Who are they? What permissions and access controls do they need, right? That's number one. Two, what approval rules do you need? What transaction limits does your business need? Then, great, when can we do a training? Should we do the first five payments together? Do you already have payment information, right? Bank yeah. account credentials, or check addresses for your vendors. There's a lot, like we're talking about, <laughs> like you're taking a, a physical cabinet worth of data and putting it into a system right? and making sure to do it in record time, which the business has never done before. So Jim, like we just outlined a plan. Now, our goal is that once our implementation process is through, that you don't have to talk to us unless you want to, right? Maybe we'll tell you cool new things that we're doing, or we'll ask you for feedback, but it'll be more of a collaborative environment. Um, but that first one to two weeks, I think it's intense because someone is buying software to help improve their life without realizing how much information they have to migrate over. And I think that's the funny thing is like, in theory, we can migrate someone in a couple hours. But what really happens is, eight different departments own the data. So-and-so is out of office. This person is like, you know, sick. And what you're trying to do is make sure that all of these people understand their new home and understand their limitations and access for what they can do within this new platform. So I think that's really, really critical. And it's just like much different than something like Microsoft Teams Slack where like you can go willy-nilly and there's like, no, it's a wild west. You know, if I want to upload, you know, an emoji, good. Yeah. You know, if I want to say hi to Jim, I say hi to Jim. There's no repercussions. But right. with us, we're trying to think about the most savvy user who's thinking about money movement and access controls. And we're thinking about the least savvy user who just wants to know what happened. And we're trying to make sure that both of them, from a finance perspective, have information 
and have a path towards collaboration. So yeah, it might look easy from our, like, you know, from the completed state, but I can tell you that it's a, it's a dance. And the number one thing that we try to understand up front is who are the key parties today and who are the going to, who are the key parties in six months, right? Yeah. Um, because if you tell me that your finance team is growing by three X in six months, I need to prepare for that now. And if you're not prepared for that now, I need to make sure that you're prepared for that now. Yeah. And that's always a fun conversation. I love that. That's a great answer, Omar. It's awesome. Jim, if you took your number, your largest client and looked at what a solution like this would offer for them, what's like the number one thing that you'd like to see improved by implementing something like Routable with that client? Let me, there's probably two things. One of them from a CFO level, right? It is knowing, um, is being able to easily capture key data like, hey, how many check runs did we run this month? What was the total amount of the check runs? How many checks were in there? Which vendors were, were vendors in multiple check runs, right? From that high level, as you're managing a construction business, because those the cash flows up and down, right? As you're going, you've got some profit coming in. Now you've got profit fade, and and so you start to, you know, you're you're trying to manage all that. That's one key aspect. The other thing is just the whole internal control approval process. I think what's awesome about a software like for, like Routable is that it basically allows you to take a small ops team in the back and make in you know it makes the accounting guys feel warm and fuzzy because we're like, hey listen, we can strengthen the internal controls and yeah. we can send payments out without having to I mean I remember the old days of okay, CFO sat in the office, we got the checks together. We had all the invoices clipped behind it. Everything was clipped there. That was the last bite at the apple to make sure that there was, you know, something wasn't going out the door that was wrong or shouldn't be going out the door. And that process was so slow and so full of friction. Yeah. One thing that's really interesting too, like I, some industries these days have daily payments. Like vendors get paid as soon as they need to get paid. And I find that really interesting. Like, we're seeing, I would say, the majority of our customers are still doing payment runs, right? Hey, Thursdays, 2 p.m., let's get it going, right? If it's not approved by then, we'll talk about it, right? But other businesses, you're talking about at the point of a job being completed, how do you deliver that money as instantly as possible? Like we just actually rolled out instant director bank transfers, which is great, but think about that. The fact that a vendor has so much leverage and the success of your business is by how fast and how transparently can you communicate money movement, it's wild. So I think that something that's really interesting is over the past 10 years, you're seeing vendors get more leverage in the equation. Because back in the day, it used to be if I'm paying you, I have leverage, right? Like you're just going to wait until, you know, do you remember like, you know, it, it's, hey, I suppose I could paid, you know, day 30, it's day 120, stuff like that. And now I feel like finance teams globally are getting smarter and saying like, look, this is when we need to get paid. If we're not, and if it's not a great process, we might switch mm -hmm. to another party. And I think that's really, really interesting. It's very interesting that you're bringing that up, Omri, because this isn't a gym I've talked about at length. And it's, 
one of the reasons why I feel like I am drawn in the same direction that Jim is towards that subcontractor space. And like Jim mentioned, they're often left sort of footing the bill, um, you know, fronting all of the capital for a lot of larger commercial projects, especially, um, and then sitting around waiting up to 120 days still to get paid. But I think as we leverage a lot of these different kinds of solutions, Routable being one of them, um, another partner that we work with for like lien waivers and lien processing for payment on the payment side is level set. And, you know, leveraging all those automations, I think does give people in that subcontracting space a little bit of a leg up because um, I know recently, and this is very recently, I've had multiple conversations with um, folks about their AP process and saying to them, well, you know, let's go ahead and establish some AP runs and get your vendors used to knowing when your APs are going to be. And some of them have said, well, I can't do that with my subs because they'll walk off the job. <laughs> so more subs are getting more savvy to, mm, you don't have to wait 120 days to pay me because you don't have to run through all of these old, old school processes and move paper around five different desks for three months. You have the ability with all the automations that are in play in this particular digital world to pay me sooner. So they're they're savvy to that and they're not waiting around as long as they thought they had to in the past. Um, yeah. What about uh, Jim's question about the CFO? Is that, uh, you know, from the CFO standpoint of like transparency across who was, who was paid when, are there reports like that in Routable right now, Omri? Is that something that you guys have thought about? We have the data. So we have all the data. It's very easy to filter on. You can search for anything. Like we'll we'll make the data appear. So you can find out who was paid when. You can look at all payables between this amount and this month that were debited on this date and so forth. Um, we're gonna add some aging reports soon, but that data is still there. I think yeah. what's actually really interesting for me is sharing data where you want it to be. So we have good info. Do we sync it well enough to QuickBooks? as an example, as an ERP. Some teams use Tableau and Looker and other stuff like that. So I'm always actually interested in, um, like the way I like to think about it is, if you have a reporting tool, I mean, which we do, is it the best version of the reporting tool? And if it's not, what is the other data that you need to enrich it? Um, so for us right now, like a lot of our focus is, do we get all the data to your accounting software? And do we get all of your data to your external ecosystem because jim like maybe you run your cash balance out of your accounting software if it is true then that means that we need to send the data in the most pristine way there in real time yeah. um and then if you actually want to look at like hey when was the you know how long did it take the check from being cut to being cashed that's the information we can give you right but i actually care that we don't make someone change their process like for example cash flow management there's like 80 tools for that mm -hmm. and maybe your accounting software is the best one for that if we want you to stop using other tools to be that we should focus all of our energy on making that happen so jim i guess what i'm saying is the information is there but until we put our attention to make it the primary focus of your job then i think that you should just send your data wherever you currently look at it Make sense? Like makes sense. I just don't like half I don't like half asking anything. Mm -hmm. Like we're either gonna be great at it or we're not. And if we're not, we're gonna ask where do you want it to go? And we're gonna be cool with it. But 
I think that's a really, it's a really good way to look at things, right? I do too. And I love that whole idea of like staying in your lane. That's something that I preach on all the time. Like know what you're good at, know what you're not good at, stay in your lane. And, and like you said, Omri, I mean, I might, uh, if someone, one of our clients calls me and says, Hey, can you guys offer us some HR help? I will always say no, but I know who can and push them in the right direction. Right. So yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, are there any areas of Routable you'd like to more, know more about, Jim? Um, actually, I was I wanted to ask a fun question to Omri about Routable. Was so <laughs> I'm gonna answer, I'm gonna give you my answer first, and then I'm gonna ask you for your answer, which yeah. is the name Routable. So when I first heard the name, you know what I thought of was the movie Elf with Will Farrell, and he's down <laughs> in the mailroom and they're shooting stuff up through the pipes and it's going yes. through and then yeah, he's routing like the old, mail. Old banks. Yeah, exactly. the old banks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, oh. You know, to, to be transparent, I'll, I'll tell you exactly how we found the name. Um, maybe about three and a half weeks of searching domains every day and like looking at about 750 to 1,000 per day. But once we found it, we're like, we do round money for a service. And yeah. it was, once we read it, we're like, okay, we want it under this many character. It has to be a real world, a re real word in the dictionary. We cannot spend over a hundred thousand dollars on the domain, and we could own it. And it took us a while to sift down to that. But um, James, one of our coworker, found it, and it's like, "Hey guys, we we route money, mm -hmm. and there's a word that says that we route money." And we're like, "Buy it." <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that hard. We're like, "Please contact the owner of this domain right now and see how much money they want for it." And we got it out of the steel. So That's once awesome. we did that, it was easy. And I think one of the really interesting things too, and maybe this is more of a ongoing conversations, but one of my favorite logos is FedEx. There's a hidden arrow in there. Mm -hmm. um, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You're like, oh, the first thing you see is the arrow. There's a little arrow in our R just to like tell you that money's moving. And we worked with our designers to like tilt the wording a little bit to make it look like it's moving in a direction, but, um, you know, a name is a name. I'll put it that way. You know, Apple, you don't think like trillion dollar tech company, you just think about a delicious bite. Right. But, um, I think that there's a lot that we can do from a branding perspective to help people understand that Routable helps routing money easier. And you know what? Maybe one day we uh, we do hire Will Ferrell for a commercial, <laughs> and we get him to, you know, route some digital money. Yeah, that's awesome. I can picture that. Uh, Jim, did you learn anything good and new about Routable today? I did. I mean, just listening to Omri speak about just his approach, the whole approach from your team, Omri, like the approach that you have. I'm assuming it. it it you know staying in your lane you know only doing what you're going to be best at and like what you can be great at like and, and staying out of other things it's just an awesome approach and and you know and i you know it just shows the quality that that you bring to the table in this arena yeah and i think the way i like to think about it is like uh i, I love watching basketball right and in basketball you don't you practice your moves at home and then you flex them once you're confident with them, right? 
what I mean by that is if, if we're doing research on the future, we're going to do that out of sight. And when we're ready to announce it, we're going to let everyone know, right? Um, you know, uh, I was actually playing basketball this weekend and I tried to shoot a layup with my left hand. It didn't work well. I need to work on that a lot. But it's just one of those things that is innate. You either know if you kick ass at it or you don't. And I think that once you're exposed to the public, people do too. You know, performance is not something you can hide, uh, in my my opinion, right? That's what reviews are for and people talk, et cetera. So at at the end of the day, um, when we do feel like we have that confidence in our ability to solve a problem, we're allowed about it. Up until that point, we're just going to be transparent about our limitations. And I think that's good. 100% agree that that is good. Um, and I know, I think that um, every different developer brings different things to the table when it comes to that. But I agree with Jim. I love your approach and the idea of like, we're just going to do what we're really best at and leave the other things to other apps. I have been preaching that about building your app ecosphere ever since I started this firm, right? Like, find an app that's really good at this thing and find an app that's really good at that thing and pair them and you'll have a really great system. So that's one of the things I preach. All I, I love that too. Like, right, Tanya, like a lot of people ask us to solve problems that we don't, right? Some people ask us to say, hey, can you do W2 payroll and say no. Right. Sorry. It, it just, if we did, we would suck at AP. Right. Can't I can't do both right now. We're, we're a small team. We're not that small, but Focus is such a hard thing to afford and we have focus and we have focus for quarter at a time, a year at a time. And that's as far as it goes, right? You know, if it's not on this year's roadmap, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about how it can fit into next year. And then we talked about this earlier. We just want to have that validation. We want enough people clamoring for it. We We want to know which specific industries, what personas and what problem, what friction would we remove? If we have that, we have confidence, right? And then the second layer of confidence is once what we delivered performs as expected or better. Yep. Thank you so much, Omri and Jim, for joining me today. Omri, if people wanted to find out more about Routable, what's the best route for them to take? Oh, my God. That was an excellent pun. Um, Email me, Omri, O-M-R-I, at Routable.com. I think that, you know, it's a little direct and my inbox may blow up, but I think that's a good path because I'd rather field a question and set them up with the right person rather than not. Um, and then folks like you and then our website, radable.com. But always, always happy to spark a conversation. And I think that's what's critical, right? We want to help people qualify what are their needs. And if we can help solve them, it's the first thing we'll let them not know. And if we can, we'll also refer them to someone awesome within our ecosystem. Awesome. Thanks. I'm going to look for the arrow. I'm going to look for the arrow. It's, 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 it's there. It's there. Sounds good. I appreciate I, it. I noticed, awesome. I did notice too, Omri, the thing about it, the, the uh, letters and routable leading. I've always loved that. So, all right. Now cool. we need to make them animated, right? That's the next step. Yes. With a little picture of Will Ferrell. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to Construction Junction. To find out more about the junction between accounting and construction, please email hello at theprofitconstructors.com.